are back on Wednesday, September 16th. How about this crazy situation we have going on with um, five named storms in the tropics and wildfires raging in the, in the um, west? So, and when you look at, somebody was showing a map and it had the smoke, where it was where the smoke from the wildfires was covering the whole country and then the storms and if you just looked at it for a second you're like well the end of the world is or at least the end of north america is coming because this is crazy we have we have five paulette renee teddy vicky and sally are five named storms right now in the tropics and that hasn't happened since 1971. Mm -hmm. and then of course, the wildfires are saying it's the worst on record ever, and it is. It's horrible, horrific what's happening out there. And my friend lives in Connecticut, and she took a picture last night of like the sun and the coast and the the, the smoke from from California. So anyway, prayers to everybody that's involved with the hurricane that's hitting Sally um, on the coast, the fires. Are we already on a storm with a V? Like what happens if we run yeah, with only September? Yeah, yeah, the, you, oh, you haven't heard. So apparently we are, they, we will run out of names and then we go into the Greek alphabet. Right. So we've, we, we, we are almost out of names and it's just the peak of hurricane season. So yeah, Vicki. You know, but I, I suspect on the broad, on the geological scale, over millions and millions and millions of years. Uh, this has happened before. But of course, the difference is uh, we're on an inhabited land now. Yeah, it's just, and I think for us to be able to see it, you know, when the people put up maps of everything and you mm -hmm. just see what's happening, you're like, oh my gosh. So, and we're supposed to get flooded tomorrow. So in case you aren't aware of that, tomorrow, we're getting Sally in a cold front and it's gonna like flash flooding. So start wearing, get your boots out, get your- Well, you know, one of the mar modern marvels that we don't think about and take for granted today is just weather itself, weather forecasting itself, how far we've come over the last 50 years even, that we can even track these storms. Whereas before, yeah. I think you can go back as early as the 1920s, 1930s, a storm would just appear and devastate everything. So uh, what, what, a, what a joy that uh, yeah. human, uh, the human mind can create such things as weather satellites uh, to track some of these things so we know. My, my Weather Channel app on the phone says like 18% chance of rain and I just don't know how to handle that. <laughs> like in 10 and 20, I yeah. can handle. Right, exactly. I was gonna say that that's, that's so much worse than 17%, you know, but at least it's not better than, you know, as bad as 19. Like, 19's tough. Such an arbitrary number, yeah. It's like those speed limit signs are that way too. 18 miles an hour, I get super stressed on that. Yeah, it's like on a scale of zero to 100, where you are on X, well, 67. <laughs> what, what, does that mean? What, is, what does that even mean? Yeah. yeah, I basically just look out and see what the weather is happening and just plan for anything to happen because they never really get it right, even with all the technology. I mean, the big stuff they get right, but you know, sometimes they, they miss the mark. Well, this, so might I, be, this may cover our theme. I, I, I will say this at the risk of just throwing everything off course uh, of our show. But in the Bible, 
weather does play a part, or at least in ancient Judaism, of discerning the times. Um, now, we would not say from a scientific point of view, and interestingly enough, I think we're going to be talking about science, you know, in this, in this Zoomcast. We would not say from a scientific point of view that there is a, a literal narrative happening. But if you think about the Egyptian, the plague stories of Exodus, you know, the, the gnats, the, the hail, um, the, the waters that became uh, like blood, and then in other parts of the Old Testament, earthquakes. My point being is that the ancient rabbis would say when you see uh, creation convulsing, step back and ask yourself, is there injustice happening among us? Not a direct response to our injustice, but as a kind of, wait a minute, let's, let's wake up to our own reality right now. It's chaotic in the heavens. Is it chaotic among us? So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, even the, the star when announcing Jesus' birth was seen that way as well, like something. Yes, yeah, creation. Yeah, well, I think that one of the Psalms is uh, the heavens, creation declares the glory of God. So you can actually read into creation. I don't want my viewers to misunderstand that God is like putting his finger on these storms and doing this. <laughs> but in, in situations like this, when creation seems to be battling against us, as it were, it's always been a time of self-assessment in uh, ancient rabbinic Judaism. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> wow. What a segue to our topic, Karen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know, but it's a little early because we still have two little, two small announcements to make. Oh. One, and one's not really an announcement, but Kevin, you had something really exciting happen this week on Monday. You had um, the youth and children's youth handbell choirs come back and start rehearsals again. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So we had the children's and youth handbells come back, like Karen said. Uh, we had them geographically disparate, so they were six feet apart or tried to be. Um, and then I got these wonderful, Virginia and, and Ryan and I were wearing these wonderful <laughs> dental hygienist outfits. Uh, to you, protect had you had a mask on too. I had a mask on as well. Uh, and my 13 year old said, she thought I was having a recipe for acne, you know, because it's covering here than that. Right. Uh, but the kids wore masks. You know, we took very good precautions and actually followed some of the protocols we'll be doing for when worship starts up, coming in one way, getting a check-in, uh, filling out covenants, going out a different way. But it was wonderful. It was the first rehearsal we've had since March. Yeah. And what I found interesting was um, hearing, because I helped out with the middle school bells, and I actually saw some of the high schoolers, but just to hear their excitement about being back and seeing each other and ringing bells again and just being back in church, they really, they really appreciated it. I know my two daughters, when we were driving home, were saying how great it was to be back and to see each other and playing music. And so a little bit of it, that's some good news. That's some it was good, it was great news. It felt uh, really good to be back. And the, the sad thing is we only did 30 minutes, but we're just being cautious, so. Yeah, it's good to have you back directing again. Like, like really kind of directing, because Sunday you direct, but those are adults, they know what they're doing. So to, yeah, so. And well, and, ha and hats off, you guys, you and Virginia and Ryan were extremely organized, extremely efficient, had it, there were no, Everybody knew what they were doing before they got there and it, and it flowed and went very well. So good job. Thank you. Job. 
And then Shane, you have, um, you want to just touch on um, a quick announcement we have coming up on this Sunday, September 20th. We have an administrative council meeting that all mm -hmm. are welcome to attend. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be an admin council to attend, but you can, it's going to be on Zoom. Right. So I shouldn't really say attend, but you want to touch on what the topic will be for that. Sure. Uh, I have uh, received uh, various questions, some requests, inquiries about uh, Sunday morning worship, in-person, indoor worship in the sanctuary. And so uh, what I thought would be good for us to do is to bring together the lay leaders of the church, the people who are tasked on the main governing body, to have a conversation about what that could look like uh, for Davidson United Methodist Church and just gauge where people are. Um, it's not necessarily going to be a voting kind of conversation, but it's a chance for the clergy, and Kevin's among the clergy with us, to, to assess what, is, what, what, are, what, are, what are the people desiring? What are their expectations? Uh, what would they like to see? And uh, from the fruit of that conversation, I think we'll have some next steps. And so I will say, if you are interested in attending this, you do have to pre-register to get the Zoom link. And that um, link will also, it will be in Thursday's email. It was in last Thursday's email, but if you missed last Thursday's email, you can also um, access it through this, the email that comes out this coming Thursday. Or if you still can't find it, just email me and I'll, I'll hook you up with the link. So, good job. Okay, so now on to our exciting topic for today. Shane's excited. Um, and actually, and you, you Shane's said, excited because Karen picked the topic. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, you guys, it's always kind of like, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? And then it's kind of, yes, there's no rhyme or reason to any of our, well, sometimes we have some, like what's happening now, we pick a good topic. I think all of our topics have been good though. So um, this one today we're gonna talk about is science and religion. And when you think about science and religion, you don't, they really are two separate things. And when you start researching and doing some deeper analogy about the two, the, the, the topic or the headline, I, or the, yeah, the title I like that, sums this up for me is can science and religion work together mm. so um shane why don't you start us off with a little bit actually why don't we start with this how are religion and science alike i think both of them when done rightly this would be my short answer this will probably be the shortest answer i've ever given on this podcast <laughs> I think when both science and religion are at their best, they're engaging fully the capacities of the mind and the intellect. That's a really good answer. Okay, Kevin. Wasn't it though? I, I, I think that was a great answer. Yeah, that was like. What would you say to that? What would Kevin say? Kevin or Karen? I think yeah. Karen can answer it. Oh gosh, I can't sum it up like that. That was perfect. Okay. Engaging the mind. Um, but Kevin, how would you say they are different? Ooh. Um, I think religion and science are, are different because they ask different questions. Um, I think 
when science, in my mind, science is more of a how, how does this system work? How does the cell replicate? All those things you learned in school that you've forgotten now. Whereas the, the religion is more of a why, how do we understand both I think, or how do we understand the world, but it's more of a how and why. So uh, for instance, Genesis isn't a scientific textbook as much as it is of why God created the earth, why. Would you agree mm -hmm. with that Shane? Yes, uh, I, I'm going to here invoke the words of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Um, he was the former prime, um, well, I can't remember his title in Britain. And he wrote a great book on this. And uh, he said this, that science takes things apart and asks, how does it work? Religion puts things together and asks, what does it mean? I think that is a great way to understand it. Um, and I want to also say to our listeners, one of the reasons I think we should be talking about a topic like this is, believe it or not, I have gotten more questions during my, my two years here at Davidson Church on this very topic than I have any other inquiry. I can remember when uh, I did a sermon series my first January as the senior pastor here, and I asked the congregation a few months in advance, what would you like for me to preach about? This was number one, everybody. Science and religion was number one. As a matter of fact, one person asked, I really want to be a devout Christian, but I also want to be rational. And you see what the premise was that underneath it, that you can't be rational and be a Christian at the same time. So I think this could be a very fruitful Zoomcast because we need as Christian people to dispel the myths that have only arisen in the last 50 to 100 years that there is this mutual exclusivity between, at least in, for us, Christianity and science, because I would argue without Christianity, there would be no modern science, but we, we can get into that maybe into deeper into the Zoom cast. Huh. Okay, that's, that's an interesting. That's twist. my argument, and I think uh, uh, history would back me up on that. So, I mean, so it's almost like what came first, the chicken or the egg? In, in the, uh, with the whole creation of the world, you know, was it God or was it science? I mean, it's just, but you can still be, I, I think some things you just have to know are out of your, things just happen. But I feel like people don't want to believe, like you said, because they want the evidence and the facts. They want to know that God exists. They want physical evidence that God exists. Okay, you bring up a point. Uh, can I riff on that for a few minutes? Mm -hmm. why, why, why would I argue that, that if it weren't for Christianity, there would be no modern science today, simply based on what you have just said? If you look at the ancient world uh, in antiquity, a lot of your, the understanding of the world was uh, history or time is cyclical. What comes around goes around. It just resets every, every few years or it was pantheistic, that everything in the world is God to some degree. Well, if everything is God, if you have a pantheistic worldview, well, you're not going to explore it at all. What Christianity, and they were pretty much um, dovetailing off Judaism. It's the same thing, it's just that Judaism wasn't uh, an evangelical enterprise, going out and, and spreading the, the, the gospel. What Christianity did, and, and ask questions about this, is that it demystified the natural world. And what I mean by that is that there are no little gods 
in the woods. There are no gods behind the clouds. There are no little gods here and there. We live in a truly natural world. It is created and it is natural. It is not God. It is other than God. It is utterly natural and therefore distinct from God. And as a result of this demystification of the natural world, it is now free to explore. It is free to understand. It is free to piece together. It's only been within the last 100 years where you have especially atheistic philosophers or scientific philosophers saying, well, you know, we want, we're, we're rational modern human beings. We don't believe all the myths of the ancient world and all the religious superstitions. And that's what's happened. So young people especially think to be a Christian is to believe these myths or these superstitions. That's not the case at all. And another thing that I think is very important, and, and, and I will let uh, Kevin or Karen, you can ask your next question. We have to understand this, and I think this is such a fundamental point, that we, even in the church, still confuse ourselves about, and it's this. God is not a part of the created world. God is not one more item in the universe. You're not going to say, oh, look, there's the sun. Oh, look, there's Jupiter. Oh, look, where's God? I don't see God. God is radically other. He is not a part of the created world. And the reason I say that is because you have atheist philosophers and scientists like Richard Dawkins, who was popular, saying, well, it's so stupid to, to believe in God because you don't find any evidence of him in the natural world. Great. That's good because God is not a created thing. God is uncreated unconditioned reality itself. God is not even, and this is where I'm invoking Thomas Aquinas, God is not even a supreme being. See, when we think of a supreme being, we put God in the order of being, only he's the biggest being of them all. No, God is outside the categories of being. And so you're never going to find direct physical evidence or a specimen of God uh, in the created world. Uh, to quote uh, Aquinas again, God is not a supreme being. He is ipso esse subsistence, which is a philosophical term that means God is to be itself. He is being in subsistence. He is the ground of all things that exist, but he is not an existing thing. So God is more like nothing in our conceptual framework. God is more like nothing rather than something. And if we can just understand that, then we can dispel these arguments according to which, like a Russian astronaut went into space back in the 60s and said, well, went to space, didn't see God. Must not be a God. Well, that's foolish. That is to put God within the category of being as an existing thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So anyway, creation is created. That's the first point. That's what the Christians taught based on Genesis. Creation is not God. It's other than God. So science away and explore. I like that. Um, okay, so going deeper a little bit more. So we just covered creation, but now what about science with events that have happened in the Bible? Like um, you know, they used to live for 800 years and the ark that was built and some of these like crazy, like 
stories that we hear, is there, or is there scientific evidence that any of that ever happened? Like, do you think that we need science to back up the Bible? I think that we should go all the way and try to. Uh, but I think the, uh, the original authors of those stories would say, well, uh, you know, that was really not so much the intent of those stories. Right. See, that's another thing. We cannot be afraid to find the truth. So, yes, if you want to find evidence of a flood, go for it. There's nothing to stop you. We want you to do that. Uh, so you can believe in the flood story, even if there's no evidence to it. Um, but that's not the ultimate intent of these biblical narratives uh, either. Although I do find it interesting that if you look into the ancient world, there are flood stories all over the place. All these, all these ancient civilizations have a kind of flood story. Well, my question is, is that might that be uh, evidence of multiple attestation? That something, some huge deluge really did occur. Um, but I would say we have to understand our premises, uh, Karen. You know, don't import onto first, uh, onto these ancient documents, 21st century modern scientific presumptions. Um, and don't read them so literally that you miss the forest for the trees because what the biblical stories are trying to convey to us are the truths about who God is and how God wishes to reveal himself in the world. Kevin? Well, I, you made me sort of think about my, my kids. We, they'll watch this show on Netflix. Uh, I think Shane and I, we joke about it. Ancient Aliens. You ever yes. seen that show? That's yes. got the guy with bigger hair than me. You know, he says aliens all the time. Yeah. Uh, and and they're, they're sort of always searching for a way to prove that all these things in history, the flood was actually aliens. The Jesus's birth being announced by the star was actually a, a UFO and things like that. All I think right. we do want to understand so much that we're willing to grasp at sort of, I mean, if you listen to the guy's talk, after a while you think, yeah, there's no way that's really aliens, you know. Uh, so I think we'll never, there is a limit to scientific knowledge. Yes. That we're just, you know, Paul says we see now through a glass dimly. Yeah. There is going to be a limit to our knowledge. There is going to, but we believe even scientific things we take for granted. Like I think I said in a couple weeks ago, you know, there, we can't really prove wind. You don't see wind. But like right now, people on the Gulf Coast are seeing the effects of wind. They can't prove consciousness. Scienti scientists can't prove that. But we just know that. We, we understand that. We take that. There are lots of leaps we make as rational human beings that we, we sort of overlook, you know. Uh, and I think, go ahead. I think what, what, where we have as, as, as Christian people and even Christian intellectuals is that uh, we've had centuries where, maybe not centuries, but over the last couple of hundred years where it was kind of a God in the gaps um, uh, argument like well we can't figure it out must be god well we don't know what's causing this well it must be god that's actually the wrong answer for christians there there are i would say as a christian um i, I hope to be an intellectual uh, as a christian is that there are going to be scientific physical reasons for everything that occurs in the physical world we don't need god to kind of fill in this gap for us no figure out why and the church has always taught, and this is a surprise to so many people, is that there's no scientific discovery ever that will ever happen that shall ever contradict the truths God has revealed to the world through Jesus Christ. We have nothing to fear. So let's say they find life on Venus. Have you read about this? 
that there seems to be some biomarkers in the atmosphere of Venus, maybe some potentiality there. We don't need to be afraid of that. We do not need to be afraid to pursue rational scientific truth in a created world. Brings me to my next point. Another reason Christianity was the ground to create modern science is really from John chapter one and some into a some set in Greek philosophy. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Well, that word that we translate as word is logos in the Greek. In the beginning was rationality. Logos is the word you get logic, logistics, mind, intelligibility. So if the world was created by that which is intelligence itself, then the world ought to have intelligibility. It ought to make sense. It ought to have rational patterns that fit together. So go for it, figure it out. But don't do it thinking that God is a being among other beings in a created material universe. I think you know it's not going to surprise anybody that I want to talk a little bit about music, but there's nothing to be afraid of in that these scientific discoveries we've had uh, since the 60s, since space exploration, new hymns written that acknowledge Earth and all stars is one that's thinking I'm thinking of, you know, uh, spiraling galaxies that shows up in our the way we worship God. It doesn't limit us. Science actually expands our knowledge of God and our concept of who God can be. That's right. Uh, and, and look at who the first scientists were, the people who really contributed to what we now know today as modern science. If you really research, these were clerics. These were uh, priests and bishops. Uh, uh, the person who discovered or the theory of the Big Bang, uh, who developed evidence for that. Oh, gosh, do you guys remember his name? Father George Latre. Latre. Anyway, he was a, a, a priest. <laughs> uh, Galileo. Church, Copern uh, Copernicus, these Newton, Sir Isaac Newton had a uh, belief in God. I think Sir Isaac Newton had the kind of God of the gaps understanding of God, and God's a supreme being. Um, but nevertheless, some of the greatest intellectual uh, early scientists were great intellectual Christian people. And that's why the church is going to have to reclaim its intellectual heritage because we are a smart faith. Uh, otherwise, the atheist philosophers are going to undo the young people because they are making it seem that we're the superstitious, silly people, and they're the ones who have the corner on rationality. There is such a thing in, in the faith as faith and reason. Faith and reason. That's the ground of our, our faith in so many ways. Our minds and our faith working together to determine what the truth is. Do they teach you all this in seminary? No, uh, no, but what has happened is that over the years in my course of ministry, I've realized I better, I better polish up on this because these are the kinds of uh, questions that I'm seeing uh, from the young, from the, from the older, um, and then the, the, the atheists who are now very popular now, the Richard Dawkins, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, these people who just know how to, they know how to argue for their cause. And young people are being argued out of the church. Everybody needs to understand that. They're being argued out of this because they want to be rational. Um, well, we are a rational faith. I'm getting kind of fired up. I need to come down. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you mentioned Galileo. That's one where the church took a long time to yep. come around, but they did, the church. Yes, did. and uh, most of the church people were with him. 
Right. A few uh, stubborn people who are, but again, the world's natural. Therefore, let's figure this out, how it's put together. It was the priest. Once again, we're talking, we always bash the priest on these, the, the ordained people that, the clergy <laughs> that are holding people back in faith. So. Yes, don't. yes. But God created us. We're made in the image of God. Uh, God is truth itself. Capital T, truth. We are designed to want to know the truth. And Christianity says to everybody, figure it out, find it out, keep discovering, keep discovering. And yet, isn't it interesting that one discovery just leads to more questions, which leads to new discoveries, which leads to more questions. Go all the way. Go all the way. I just want, I want my, uh, my Christian brothers and sisters to hear that and to tell their kids that. You can be a physicist. You can be a biologist. It's okay. <laughs> figure out the truth. But on the on the extreme side of the religion, there are faith or people, certain religions that don't want any science at all in interfering with their religion. Like the people that don't want medical intervention or surgeries because well, they pray. I mean, it goes, you can have the other far side too where people, That's right. Yeah. But just understand that that's a novel phenomenon. That does not go back to historical Christian roots. Okay. Okay. Well, what was yeah. that? So I'm trying. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm thinking on the fly here. Sorry, Karen. No, you're when, good. When uh, Jesus is asked who sinned, you know, the 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 blind man was a blind man or was a leper, and who sinned was it his father or his mother? You know, and yes, and and there was this sort of sense that you know disease was caused or allowed by god is that uh -huh. fair to say um and i think jesus comes and dispels that right in that story yes neither he says right right let's 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 get at the truth uh right. what's going on and and that's really um we're designed that way we want to know as someone said uh philosopher we want to know everything about everything because we were created by that which is truth itself um, so all truths in the world, capital, lower, lowercase t, all truths in the world participate in the God who is capital T, truth itself. So, yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Karen. <laughs> so I was, this, when you, when we were talking earlier, and don't laugh, but I was thinking, like, and we had talked about, <laughs> so he starts laughing. Sorry. No, no, but this is really kind of like basic, but like Indiana Jones. And like, you know, the, the lost ark and all that, like, it's kind of neat thinking about, um, hold on, I just got a, an alert that I have, I'm running low on storage space on my computer. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> we need but, some science. Yes, That's right. there we go. We need, I need some, yeah, and some prayers, so. Um, but, but what's neat about, like, the whole Indiana Jones series is that, it kind of like, it was exciting to be like, wow, what if that really was the cup? You remember like at the end of the one movie where it was the, the cup that he drank out of or the ark and just like, what if that really was like true and they actually had some physical evidence of that? Like, wouldn't that be so cool? Well, I mean, the church has what we call relics. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are relics um, and the, some of these relics are subject to scientific inquiry. Uh, what's coming to mind is what is the Shroud of Turin? 
the Shroud of Turin. You know I knew you're gonna. I knew you're gonna say that one. Yeah. I knew it. We've go had so many it. conversations about this one. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Examine it. Do yeah. it. You know, we're not a, we're not afraid of your your discovery. And so the church does not say, "Oh no 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 no, leave this sacred object alone." By the way, um, Protestants and Catholics, there's no ruling on on the veracity or the authenticity of the Shroud of Turin, but it has undergone scientific investigation. Go for it. You know, uh, examine these things. The church should never be afraid of scientific discovery. Well, and you've told me a couple of crazy stories about um, communion and some of the um, the things that have happened with the bread. Yeah. Or like, well, that, that, that's another topic for another show. But yeah, yeah. Those, those underwent analyses. Yeah. Some completely discounted as a result. We're good with that. Uh, figure out what the truth is. Now, I do want to qualify some of this. You're not going to be able to, to investigate scientifically uh, to such a degree that you come to the conclusion that, the, the, that God is Trinity. We have found evidence that God is Trinity. Uh, no. All I'm saying is that, because uh, that is a doctrine that does require faith, but even faith is a form of knowing. It's not just clicking your heels together and hoping that something's true, despite all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> faith is a form of knowing. And what faith is, is that it goes beyond where reason, that reason can reach. We live in a material universe. You're limited as a human being, Karen. I'm limited. Uh, we have limits. Our minds, rational minds have limits. What faith can do, though, is penetrate our limits and reach that which transcends the material world, which is the, uh, the things of God. So, but nevertheless, the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, as an example, uh, its, its doctrine and its place in the Christian church came through rigorous, rational, intellectual investigation and debate and argument. Um, so it is worthy of our trust. It's not just blindly, well, I hope this is right. No, it is worthy of our trust and there are volumes of pages written on why we should believe it's true. Um, there's one statement that I saw that I think sums up the whole, can science and religion work together? Yours was perfect when you summed it up earlier, or, um, but I like this one too. Both are about finding meaning in life, in ourselves and in the world around us. I like that, I think that's, what they both should do, but they can work together instead of dividing. Well, that's how they've always been. I just can't make this point enough. That's how it's always been into the last few hundred years. Go back to Jonathan Sachs, his statement, science takes things apart and asks, how do they work? Religion puts them back together and asks, what do they mean? And that's important. The church is not against science, but it is against what other, uh, and this is what popular speakers are talking, referring to now in popular theologians. We're not against science, we are against scientism. And scientism is kind of a new religion uh, among us. And the, the belief of scientism is that all meaning can be reduced to the scientific method. But that's patently false, why? Because you cannot prove with science that all meaning is reducible to the scientific method because meaning is a philosophical statement, it's not scientific. So as soon as you say that science is the only way we can know something, you've already proven that's not true because it takes philosophy to make a statement like that. Just like I can't prove scientifically that which is beautiful. 
I mean, I can't do that. But beauty and seeing something that's beautiful is still a form of knowing that cannot be reduced to the scientific method. So we're for science, we're against this idea of scientism, that science has got the corner on the meaning of the, of the world. There are so many forms of knowing in the human conscience and science is just one of them. Am I, does, does that make sense? Yes. yes, and it goes back to what Kevin was saying earlier too, you know, about the way. Oh, why? Yes. I think, you know, what's interesting, Shane, I'd love, we hadn't talked about this, but, but you made me think about it with this topic of scientism, mm -hmm. this COVID-19 um, thing we're living in, I think we, all, we tend to, as a society, only lean on the scientific part of it. That's right. As opposed to what are we to be learning from this experience? What, you know, what is religion? What is Christianity? How do we approach it from a theological perspective? We know how the virus spreads, right? But our response is more science. Everything that we're responding to is science related. I shouldn't say yes. that. There are things that we're doing that are, are theological based, but. I don't know how much time we have, but uh, uh, Charles Taylor, who is a uh, uh, philosopher, he said, this is my paraphrase, you can blame the church for that too. So go back to my, my, uh, the proposition according to which Christianity made the world natural, right? It, it demystified, we'll have little gods, you know, in the woods, if you cut down the woods, they're not gonna strike you. Um, well, take it to the nth degree, then there came a, a point in our generation where if, if the world is natural, there may not, may not be a God at all. But again, that's from the premise of God is a being among other beings in the universe. God not a being among other, he transcends created reality. I'm not going to find a specimen of God. But I think the reason we rely on science too much uh, and, and not meaning is because we live in a now secular age that has blocked us from any sense of transcendence. But the human being craves meaning beyond the physical world. Mm -hmm. If I, this is going to sound kind of graphic, but if I were to dissect a human being, I will never find love. I will never, oh, look, I found, I found this person's loves. No, that cannot be scientifically harnessed, but it's true. You see, yeah. that's different though from science, but it still exists. It still exists. Love is true, whether you can put it under a microscope or not. And that's why scientism is false. I like that. That was a good analogy. Kevin, anything else to add? <laughs> yeah, I can't compete today. <laughs> People listening, uh, email us. You know, we can we can talk about this again. But uh, for those of you who may not be interested in what we're talking about, trust <laughs> me. Trust me, though. For the young adults, this mm -hmm. is a big deal. And we've got to really take this seriously and it's got to be a part of our evangelism. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Well, that wraps up that topic. And if we do get some feedback, we can always go back and, and uh, revisit this again, because definitely some good points made. Um, for those listening today, um, I just wanted to send a quick reminder that we are having a flu clinic at the church this Saturday, September mm -hmm. 19th. Um, I think it's uh, between 10 to 2, I think are the hours. Um, and 
you don't need to sign up for that. But I know COVID's on everybody's mind, but you have to remember to also get your flu shots because they're saying it's going to be still out there. You would think that with everybody being so cautious about cleaning, washing their hands and wearing a mask that the flu wouldn't be bad, but it is. And so there's, they're still wanting everybody to get their flu shot. So we will be having a flu shot clinic. It's um, a drive up kind of thing. So um, uh, just wanted to put that out there because it was kind of short notice that this came about. So, um, and then other than that, um, always a pleasure talking with you guys and seeing you guys and having some laughs. And um, <laughs> and uh, we will be back next week. Again, if you have any comments or would like to watch past episodes, they're all on the website under resources. Take care and have a great day.